0: Welcome to Dents in the Darkness, the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We empower pastors to lead and launch healthy churches here in Northeast America. I'm your host, Tim Madeira from WRGN Radio, and I'm here with NEC's President, Dan Nichols. This month, we have Pastor Bernie Elliott from Covenant Church in Baldwinsville, New York with us. Dan Why did you want to have
1: Bernie on the podcast today? Well, I'll tell you, Tim. I met Bernie over a decade ago before I became a church planner, and he was on the pastoral team with... Missio Church in Syracuse, and they invested a ton in our sending church, which was Steamtown Church in Scranton during my internship process. Learned so much from their pastoral team, and I always admired their passion for the kingdom, their love for people far from God, and their effective ministry strategies too. So when I moved to New York to Pastor Grace Christian Fellowship uh, here in the last last year, uh, I heard that Bernie was planning a granddaughter church. How cool is that? A granddaughter church from Miss. Uh, Also a daughter church plant, a renovation church planted by Missio as well. So Missio planted renovation. Renovation is planting covenant. And uh, our NEC directional team decided that we are going to give away 50% of our Northeast leadership summit, hashtag NLS 22 profits to covenant church, because we know that they're planning in a spiritually dark area of the Northeast and they have a fantastic pastoral leader uh, there with Bernie and the whole team that's making this happen. So we, we couldn't be more excited about what God's doing through covenant church. It is
0: exciting to see church growth happen through church plants and church revitalization. That, of course, is what NEC is all about. And we want to find out, Bernie, what you are all about. So tell us more about your story, your family, your ministry, and what's happening at Covenant Church.
2: Yeah. So uh, thanks for having me on. You know, when I describe myself, I typically describe myself three ways. Uh, I'm a child of God. I'm a husband and I'm a dad. That's it. That gets to the bottom of it. I was born here in Syracuse. So I love this area, this county, this region. Uh, my dad was a Syracuse cop. Uh, we moved away when I was a kid but I always wanted to uh, be back here. I just think that was God's kind of working in my life. It was uh, saved at a young age God used the prayers and faithfulness of, of my parents to, to draw me to saving faith. I so grateful for godly faithful parents. started dating my wife Kristen in uh, way back in 1998. And uh, we were married a year later, so I think we're on 23 years of marriage now. God's given us eight kids, amazing household, delightful chaos is kind of uh, kind of describes it. Several of our kids have some developmental issues, but they're uh, they're amazing, wonderful gifts from God. I uh, I graduated from Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary and started pastoring, I believe in 2003, uh, actually in North central Pennsylvania in, uh, in the tiny little town of Hughesville, great folks there in Hughesville pastored there for several years. But my wife and I just felt this irresistible compulsion to come back to Syracuse to be a part of what God was doing in the city. And so in 2006, we moved back and we started talking with uh, a couple guys named Jordan Stinziano, Jim Murphy and Jeremy Callie, and eventually connected with those men to um, help plant Missio church in the city. And um, we launched Missio in 2008. And uh, for 13 years I served on the, uh, the elder team there up until this past September. And, um, that's when I uh, connected with a uh, church that we had planted back in 2013, as, as Dan mentioned, Renovation Church, and uh, they asked me to be a part of helping lead uh, this new congregation for Baldwin'sville called Covenant Church. And so I uh, left Missio last September and uh, became a part of uh, Renovation Church, and then we just launched out here in January. Uh, into this new venture.
0: That is quite the journey. It really is. And as I hear you talk, it sounds like you have a real commitment to seeing churches not just get started but grow. And you're now working with Covenant Church. What's that journey like so far?
2: Yeah, I think like chaotic, (laughs) exciting, encouraging, (laughs) all those things. Um, Honestly, Renovation Church and Missio Church, they just set us up really well for this. It wasn't like, yeah, we, we agree with you. You should plant a church in Baldwin's. go do that. We're excited for you. Attaboy. Uh, we'll pray for you. They really invested people and uh, set up systems, all of that. And in many ways, uh, sent us with really mature Christians who are committed to the mission. Some of them, the, some of the folks who are part of the, The core group, the founding members of Covenant Church, we actually sent them out of Missio Church to go plant Renovation Church back in 2013. Um, So this is their second church plant that they've been a part of uh, seeing birth. And just the maturity to say, okay, God, disrupt our lives. We have so many Cherished relationships at renovation, but you know what, Lord, uh, we're we're gonna set those to the side and um, go be a part of what you're doing in Baldwinsville. Yeah, it's just been it's been super encouraging to to see that.
0: How far away is Covenant Church from the other two churches?
2: Yeah, so Baldwinsville is is this little suburb in the northwest portion of the county. So it's about. 20 minutes northwest of the city, uh, and about 15, 20 minutes from Renovation Church in North Syracuse.
0: I think that's a question that a lot of people have when we look at church planting and they go, Well, how far away? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes the church plant is an hour or two, uh, sometimes it's 20 minutes. How does that work when you're going through that process?
2: Yeah, well, one of the things that Renovation sensed and, and we're praying about was, you know, there was this this group of almost three dozen people and all of them lived in Baldwinsville or, or right around that area. Mm -hmm. And, and while, you know, 20 minutes, isn't the end of the world, uh, as far as a drive, you know, most major cities, you, you drive 20 minutes just to get to the grocery store or something like that's, that's not far at all, but, but driving out of your community on Sunday morning, driving out of your community midweek to go gather with other Christians. You know, there's a sense of, God, what would you do here in our midst uh, through us as as we um, serve this community? And so Renovation had been praying for years about seeing that happen. And really, when we started Missio back in 2008, the plan was not to have one large congregation City center and everybody flock in from the suburbs and the city. The plan was to build a healthy, faithful gospel expression that would exist for for that area, and and then begin to plant expressions out of that into um, specific city neighborhoods, towns, and villages all throughout the area. So, yeah, that was our that was our hope and prayer and. Uh, in many ways it's coming to pass.
1: So Bernie, you've hit on it a little bit, but I feel like in the church planning world, there's a lot of different definitions of success. You've kind of hinted at it, but can you tell us a little bit more about how do you define success? What does your ministry philosophy look like? And especially with, even with that question about, you know, geographic closeness to other churches, because I feel like your time at Missio and renovation, like your whole um, network, really, you guys have done such a good job of Highlighting the priority of the capital K kingdom over our little K kingdoms, but tell us more about that. I'd, I'd love to have people hear more about that. Yeah, I think I think there's this temptation, right, to see success as
2: you know numbers, uh, numbers of people, numbers of dollars, uh, and really like you know are our people content and excited about us? And, you know, I think in some ways those those metrics. Maybe tell somewhat of a story, but I think I'd I'd rather think of success in terms of faithfulness to what God has called us to be and do. If we can wrap our minds around success um, in those terms, I'm much more comfortable there. Are we a people resting, trusting, and relying on Christ alone? Are we a people who, out of that out of that restfulness in Christ, then? are able to live on mission, uh, serving and loving our village here in Baldwinsville. To me, that's that's what success looks like. That's, that's how it takes uh, shape.
0: Now, as you're making your way through this process and trying to work through the churches that you were with and the people that come to help with the plant, what are some of the challenges that you face as people kind of try and get a hold of this vision?
2: Yeah. Um, there's been a few new people that have kind of been checking us out and, and joining us. And so for them, I think there's probably a, a, a window for them to kind of catch up on vision. But in terms of the the people who planted, you know, I, I think oftentimes with church plant, there's a lot of envisioning that needs to happen. Here's what we're about. Here's, and in many ways that has already been formed through the years, uh, which is just kind of mind blowing to think about. I do think, though, one of the challenges that um, we've been praying about and considering is just being in a new place and introducing ourselves uh, so that we can introduce people to King Jesus. That's been one of the things we've been doing, just corporately thinking through, you know, what Beeville, how How, uh, Baldwin'sville, what are the core identity markers of this community? And, And then how can we engage in village life? and how can we begin to to serve and, you know, herald uh, the gospel. So we've been really thinking through what corporate mission looks like. You know, really one thing to celebrate is uh, just a few weeks ago, sitting in in my small group, just went around the room and um, asked people what, what God's been doing in and through them. And just all around the room, people mentioning people they're praying for, people they are um, sharing the gospel with, people they are engaging. And so I think on an individual level, I'm just really super encouraged by what God's doing in and through our people, but just wrapping our our minds and, and then putting that into action in terms of corporate evangelism. Um, bearing witness together as a as a body,
0: man. Yeah. There is something I hear you saying, and I I don't want to lose it as we move on to other things. And you talked about the understanding, as you called it, Beville, uh, Baldwinsville. The difference in communities that a lot of people don't understand that there is a feel in a community and you minister maybe differently in different communities and trying to understand the culture of that community even 20 minutes away from the original church plant and i think that's i think that's crucial how do you how do you cultivate that
2: yeah well I, the contrast is stark for me having been in in the city you know literally right downtown and and all the things that are attendant with with city life nowadays and you come out to the suburbs and everything's well manicured. It, the facades are, you know, just well put together. Um, and it has the appearance that, that life is just managed so well. And, and yet we know, you know, behind those, uh, those beautifully sided homes and uh, behind those beautifully manicured lawns that there's, there's the rot of sin, there's the root and the fruit of sin in many different ways. So, uh, just trying to, to think about, you know, how, how we minister differently. Again, the advantage we have here is that uh, a lot of our core members live here, reside here. And so it's tapping into existing relationships, uh, relationships with schools, relationship with different organizations in the community. We have a, an adult daycare center, not Uh, not just a stone's throw away from where I'm sitting right now and uh, Alzheimer's patients go there during the day. And um, several people in our congregation have had family or friends uh, that were a part of that community. And so we just began asking like, what would it look like for us to serve them? How could we serve the people? uh, And that's just down to that specific thing. How could we serve them? And through that, proclaim Jesus to the people that are part of there, the residents, uh, the, the staff there and, and just build goodwill of the community. So I think it's just tapping into those things that we've been thinking through and something as specific as a, a day care for Alzheimer's patients.
1: Yeah. I also don't want to miss the amazing Reality that you guys are experiencing in church planning, which is this this healthy mother church having uh, a daughter church, and then now having a granddaughter church like this. I I want to highlight what you said before about our people are already seeing themselves as missionaries, are already praying for others, sharing the gospel, right? And I think that's something when people ask why church planning, like why should we do this, and especially the way you're doing it with this you know, familial type of illustration here. The DNA is set in such a way where health is already, it's it's self-perpetuating, right? It's generating itself. As I've come into an established church that's been around for 220 years, a lot of people have shared with me as I'm talking about them living on mission and being missionaries, it's kind of new, a new concept for a lot of them, right? But because of wh- what you guys are doing and the vision that you have to have these daughter and granddaughter churches, I mean, how does that work out? Like where... You get the benefits of that, and and tell us more about like some of the benefits that come from this type of a a focus.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's just been ingrained in our people, the the people that are part of Covenant Church now that were originally members at Missio Church and were sent out to plant Renovation Church. Like it's just been ingrained in them that we're not going to be you know a gathering place for Christians certainly. We are going to gather and and celebrate our risen Lord. That's that's part of what we do. But part of who we are is we are ambassadors. It's, so it's just been in, in, ingrained in people. There's not the expectation that we're just going to come and, and sit comfortably, but people are going to bear witness to Christ Man. in the uniqueness of their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- wherever they find themselves, whether they're a web designer interacting with companies in the area or whether they're a photographer interacting with um, soon to be married couples in the area um, they are you know, God has sent them on mission. God has um, gifted them with those things and sovereignly appointed them to their jobs to bear witness to him. Um, in that unique way that nobody else has been gifted and appointed in that particular way, so it, it's been um, cool just to see that borne out in in stories of, of of people.
0: Two great points there. What we do may be gather, but who we are ambassadors that mm-hmm. that is that is fabulous now as you have uh, looked at the the Syracuse New York region you obviously said okay even though it's 20 minutes away we we could use another church why yeah
2: i mean honestly you could have picked a different area and and kind of put a pin on a map and said let's go there but i i, I mean i i do think there's a absolutely a need for a, a new congregation in Baldwinsville you know you look at at the village here Forty uh, percent, and this honestly, the first time I saw this number, I, I thought that has to be wrong because uh, I just think of Syracuse and this region as a Catholic area. Forty percent are nuns in Baldwinsville; they wow. do not identify uh, religiously in any way. And then, and then you do have that almost forty percent here in Baldwinsville that are Catholic, and then you have another almost seventeen percent that are identified with the uh, mainline Protestantism. And so, you know, uh, I'm sure God has uh, a remnant uh, somewhere in the midst of, of uh, that 97 98%. And then when you throw in, you know, a mix of other world religions, beliefs, uh, bizarro beliefs, really Christ people aren't very obvious <laughs> here in this community. Um, you drop into... One of the church buildings, and there are many that dot the area, you drop into one of those church buildings, you're not going to hear salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone. You're you're just not going to hear that. And so there needed to be another expression of Christ's people here. Yeah,
0: I think sometimes the hardest places to plant churches are the places that need the churches the most. Now, you obviously love church planting. On number three and pastoral ministry, why? Two reasons. One,
2: I mean, honestly, I, I I'm an introvert. Uh, I'm a I'm actually kind of a almost an extreme introvert. But despite being an introvert, I really I really love people. I care about mm-hmm. people. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I'm right there with um, and, you.
2: And so, you know, that, that's always a, a compulsion for me, just uh, a compassion for people, a compassion for external needs, but, but also just their uh, spiritual lostness, spiritual brokenness. And then it's just such a joy to, to herald the reign of King Jesus in a new place and, and to see, you know, the kingdom of God announced in this place where there aren't many markers of, of that, um, as you drive around or walk around the village. And so I, I would say those two things really are, are what excite me about, um, being a part and helping lead a, a church plant with, uh, with other faithful men here. You and what know? do
1: you enjoy the most about doing it with such a large family? Cause I'm sure that's very unique. Yeah.
2: Um, Honestly, one of the things that's been a joy is involving my kids, like my kids. I mean, there's some things they obviously can't, you know, join dad in, but I've always loved to, to include my kids in that, not just so they can be with me, but um, so that they can witness firsthand what God's doing. And, you know, in, in many ways, have that be a testimony to them and um, have them get excited about uh, what God can and, and, and desires to do through them. My oldest daughter, she's 17. She's uh, she's headed off to, to college this fall. And uh, I don't know how I'm going to deal with that, boys. But, um, yeah, so, but it's just been a joy to I can to give you some her. hints, she's, Bernie. Thank you. Let's talk after. <laughs> Let's right. talk after. Him can help a lot um, with that. But just, like, to, to see that fruit in her life. She has been working with some folks from, from Missio still continues to do so working with ESL students in the city, refugee refugee, uh, w- women who are refugees in the city, helping them learn English on Wednesday nights, uh, Tuesday nights. And then on Wednesday nights, she's been working uh, with kids with down syndrome, helping them to read and just seeing her passion to serve others. You know, if she was, you know, just sitting at home while dad did everything, I can imagine maybe the root of bitterness taking hold in her. But she's just just got a passion to serve others and for them to know Jesus through loving them.
0: It sounds like you've cultivated this in your kids, and I I think it's so important because I have my dad was a pastor, uh, my brothers all involved in some type of ministry, not full time, but working with ministries. We were raised that way as well. My sister, the same thing. But I think that a lot of pastors feel like, well, if I bring my kids along in this, they're going to resent the church. They're going to regret their time invested in the church. I've not seen that with my children either, as they're all grown now and also investing. How did you go about doing that?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, it's the faithfulness of the Lord. But I think in some moments, just kind of picking those spots like, hey, I would really love for you to be a part of this. Would you help dad with this? Would you be a part of this? This would be so meaningful. And then, you know, at other times, if there's something else going on in life and, um, and they don't want to be a part of something, I think just wisely choosing to say, okay, I'm not going to force one so that it is, um, it is a joy when, when they, um, get to be a part of that. I'm sure there's been some, uh, some drudgery mixed in there. Some, I'd rather be bed uh, and watching some stupid show, but yeah, I think I think for the most part, like, again, I'd say it's, well, I don't I don't know how my kids have turned out as well as they have. It's um it's a testimony to God's faithfulness, um, the work of the spirit. So, yeah,
1: well, we want to continue to pray for you and your family and uh, and also support Covenant Church uh, through Northeast Leadership Summit. We're giving away half the profits. So, man, uh, how can we pray for you guys? How can we uh, support you in this journey ahead? Yeah, I think
2: just kind of returning to the family conversation. Um specifically two things you could be praying for my family. I think my uh, my wife and my oldest daughter have um made the transition from from missio to covenant really well and uh they're feeling connected and invested in um different women's lives. My next two kids, my 16-year-old daughter, 14-year-old son, it's been a tougher transition for them there's just so many meaningful relationships. And honestly, I was kind of shocked by it after the fact we're not even talking like, Hey, other 16 year olds or other 14 year olds. It was adults at Massio that just meant so much to them. And it's been, um, it's been a, a little bit of a tough transition for them. Uh, mm. not sensing any bitterness, but just sadness. And I think honestly, I'm, I'm kind of grateful for that. That meant, that those um, godly men and women meant a great deal to them. And yeah. um, amazing a, how the negatives
0: dad, are also positives, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah.
2: As a dad, I, I like, I'm grateful for that, yeah. that um, men and women uh, meant that much to my younger two. But I, yeah, so I love prayer for that. Honestly, I, I know the relationships will come in time as an impatient dad. I want them to happen faster. And then, we only live from doorstep to doorstep. We only live about seventeen minutes from here, but honestly, we want to live in this community. It's a really wonderful, close, tight knit community. So we've been um, we've been house hunting, searching, and um, just with a family of ten. It's uh, it's tough. The housing market's tough everywhere right now. But yeah. you add in our unique family dynamics. Uh, my daughter has a, a wheelchair, and so we need first floor this and that. It just makes it difficult. So be praying that God would provide the the right place for us in the right time. I think in terms of the congregation, there's been you know honestly again praise. There's just been such humility and servant heartedness in. God's people here at Covenant, grateful for that. I would say big prayer is God just open doors into into our community further, that we can serve, that we can love, um, that we can build goodwill with people, that we can, uh, again, introduce ourselves so we can introduce Jesus. So, uh, yeah, that's constantly on our minds, just um, how can we further uh, invest in this community to bear witness to Christ. So that that would be a prayer. Like, God, show us show us uh, ways we can do that.
0: Mm. Well, we will certainly be doing that. And uh, also want to ask you how people can connect with you and where they can get information about Covenant Church.
2: Outside of the area, covenant315.org. Uh, check us out on the website. You can get a hold of me there. Would love to have you some Sunday Right at the four corners of the village, right at the village square, we meet at a big stone building there. would love to have you join us on Sunday mornings at 10, but... Uh, those are two easy ways to to get in touch with us.
0: Well, thank you so much, Bernie, for taking the time to share with us and being a part of Dents in the Darkness. The contact for Bernie will be in the show notes, as well as any other details you might need concerning the upcoming Leadership Summit. And so make sure that you take a look at that information as well. We've been glad to have you with us here on Dents in the Darkness, as we seek to empower pastors to lead and launch healthy churches here in Northeast America.